Thank you for downloading this episode of the 155 Podcast, the public records interview series of all candidates in Hamilton's 2018 municipal election. For more election coverage, visit thepublicrecord.ca where you can sign up for our City Hall newsletter. Episode 86, Narinder Dan, running for City Councilor in Ward 3, recorded on September 5th, 2018. Narendra Dan, you're running for city councilor in Ward 3. Welcome to the Public Records, the 155 podcast. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here, Joey. First question is, who is Narendra Nan? I'm a mom, I'm a small business owner, and I'm a community organizer. I've been a Hamiltonian since January 2012, and I've got over 20 years experience working hard in community organizing, community development, building resident leaders, and navigating what I would consider huge organizations that have the job and responsibility of dealing with some pretty complex social issues. And I've prided myself in being somebody who brings resources to the people who need them. Why are you running? I'm running because at this time, in this era, and in our city, I believe that we need courageous politics. And for me, that means that residents are part of the process and that we're absolutely empowering our residents to be part of the solution. As a mom, I'm keenly aware that street safety is a serious issue in our city, and that resourcing our elderly folks, parents, children, and families to thrive needs to be a priority, and it needs to be resourced for all residents. As a healthcare provider, I know how important it is to ensure that we're focused on healthy communities as part of people's well-being and their ability to participate in governance and in our communities. And as a community organizer, I know I've seen firsthand the power of engagement and empowerment. The difference it is when people have the opportunity to have their needs heard, become informed about the facts and options, are part of finding solutions, then we can actually build safer and better cities for us all and for future generations in mind. And I'm running because I believe our city has work to do on all of those issues that I outlined and because I have direct experience in municipal government managing those kinds of complex issues with many competing interests. Do you live in Ward 3, yes or no? Yes, I live in Ward 3. Does it matter if one lives in the community one seeks to represent? Absolutely, yes. I think it's imperative that people who are running for office live in the areas that they want to represent. As a Ward 3 resident, I've been able to meet people constantly when I'm in the parks with my daughter, if we're on the bus together, or out when we're shopping and dining in our neighborhood. And it's really been the best way to understand what's happening in our community, but also what the assets are in our community, who the people are and what kind of ideas and solutions they'd like to bring to the table and see City Council implement. How have you contributed to your community and our city? Over the past seven years, my family and I moved here primarily because we wanted to make sure that we had a multi-generational home. My mother-in-law was elderly, and she wasn't able to take care of herself anymore, so we knew that we needed to get more space in our home to not only take care of David's mom, but also make room for our own new family. And so in that time, I've been focused on just living in this city and building relationships with my neighbors and contributing as best as I can to build other people's leadership while also tending to people's well-being. I've supported on my street my neighbors getting a street hump installed, even though that's just pushed the traffic problem down to another block, and also supporting the shutdown of a derelict slumlord building on my street. In my community, I've participated in several park and escarpment cleanups. I'm a supporter of HARP and attended several of their annual fundraisers. I've been leading pay-what-you-can yoga and meditation sessions at the Breathing Space Yoga Center on Main Street East. 
And in the early days of the Sherman Hub planning process, when we first moved here, I was attending meetings before my daughter was born. And since my daughter's been born, I've been running small business, both from my home and as well as through the Kitchen Collective, which is in the ward, where I've been leading cooking classes on a sliding scale to make sure that residents understand nutrition and how to use food as medicine for their own bodies, dealing with the issues and ailments that they're contending with. And in terms of across the city, I've been supporting the LRT because I believe it brings much-needed infrastructure improvement and connectivity to our city. And I've also been involved in advocating for better access to fresh produce and nutritious food across the city as a hands-on board member of the Mustard Seed Co-op and as an educator and volunteer at the Hamilton Community Food Center. I've also been leading workshops on leadership, but also helping people learn how to run effective campaigns and encouraging women and other equity-seeking people to put their hat in the ring and to do that from a place of being informed about what it takes, but also stepping forward, willing to practice their skills and take on that role. What are your two priorities for Ward 3 and two priorities for Hamilton as a whole? Ward 3, the two priorities that have come up while I've been knocking on the doors is both safety and affordability. And the number one thing that residents are telling us at the door is that they are really concerned about the speeding that's happening on Main Street and King Street, Cannon and Wilson as well. But we're also concerned about the cut-through traffic that's happening on side streets. And this is particularly leaving children, seniors, cyclists, and people with mobility issues particularly vulnerable. Vulnerable in the state of having to dodge traffic, but also being hit and in unfortunate circumstances leading to death. And they're also talking about safety from the perspective of personal safety. So I'm hearing a lot about petty theft, car break-ins, backyard, porch, and alley garage thefts. And I think that there's actually more that we could be doing around that that isn't just about vilifying people for their crimes and understanding why we have the socioeconomic conditions that are leading people to turn this way. But from a safety perspective, I believe that lighting could go a long way, that encouraging our neighbors to have their porch lights on, but also asking our city to do a better job of looking at LED lighting for alleyways and working on neighborhood safety audits that bring in safe boxes for needles, as well as lighting and planning for safer streets. In terms of affordability, which has emerged as the second major issue that Ward 3 residents are facing, the issue is about housing affordability. So you know that in the last few years, we've experienced an incredible increase of property prices in the city, and it's put a serious pressure on rent. So the housing costs keep going up, but our incomes aren't. And the problem isn't just here in our city, it's across the entire region, especially in Ward 3, where many incomes are fixed to pensions or disability assistance. So for Ward 3, around this issue, I want to advocate for new development that retains particular percentage of units as affordable housing. And I want to explore what other cities have offered in terms of loan and grant programs for homeowners who could create new rental units at a fixed affordable rent. I'd also like to use my office, if I'm elected, to resource the crackdown of slumlords, who I believe are leaving so many of our residents in very unsafe and undignified living conditions. And I'd also love to see the city's rental housing subcommittee go through a total overhaul. And I'd love to see that people who have actual lived experience are helping make the decisions about how we're dealing with our rental housing situation and not just people who profit from the rental housing. In terms of citywide, the two issues that I believe that are facing our city are both transit and environment. When it comes to transit, our city's fallen so far behind on its 10-year transit strategy. And I'd like to advocate to get it back on track as quickly as possible. I'd like to see a phasing out of area rating 
and tier new money towards properly funding our transit system. Our city's population continues to grow and age, and the need for accessible and reliable and comprehensive transit is only increasing by the second. And Ward 3 particularly has one of the highest proportion of workers who are using public transit for their daily commutes to and from work. So we need to stay on track to focus on transit connectivity and solutions that allow for new solutions like the LRT, for solutions like robust cycling infrastructure, as well as north-south bus connectivity to better connect Ward 3 to the rest of the city. In terms of environment, our air and water quality is a huge public concern for our city. I'd like to see tougher enforcement of negligent polluters. I'd like to see a lead pipe replacement program that's accelerated and consistent, especially in our schools. And I'd like to work with city staff and regulators to get our composting facility working again. The fact that all of our compost is currently being diverted to waste and garbage is something that needs serious address and, and quickly. And I'd also love to advocate for the other problem when it comes to environment is the fact that we have no citywide recycling receptacles on our streets and in our parks. So from a perspective of being innovators and leaders for our local environment and our land, I think one of the solutions, a really easy solution, is to give people the space to put their garbage in, sort out their recycling in public spaces. What are three skills you will bring to elected office that make you the best choice to represent Hamiltonians on city council? One, I'm a listener. Two, I'm a collaborator. Three, I'm a solution finder. I believe that when we listen to how people want to work through difficult situations that they're facing, they are often capable of coming up with solutions. And all we really need to do is bring about an agreement for action. And so as a collaborator, what I mean by that is bringing people who don't necessarily agree on the same issue together to look at the problem from a perspective of what can we all bring to the table to bring this solution that's needed. And so from that perspective, you know, I'm comfortable dealing with difficult conversations. I'm also okay with being in the seat of controversy. And what I mean by that is that we need to move away from a politics that has us saying yes and no instead of existing in the space of and. Because it's that space of and that allows us to all bring what we have to the table and have it valued and just agree to what action needs to be taken to solve the problem. Ward 3 includes areas within the downtown Hamilton Secondary Plan, the business improvement areas of Barton and Ottawa, the transit-oriented corridors of King Street and Main Street, and numerous large parcels of urban land in other areas of the ward. As the Ward 3 City Councilor, you will need to decide upon planning applications of various heights, sizes, densities, and uses. You will need to balance numerous competing interests and goals in deciding upon these applications. What will be your process for evaluating development applications, and how will you manage different interests in Ward 3? I think the bottom line for evaluation criteria is what's in it for the community. Is this development going to increase availability of affordable units? Is it an opportunity to bring needed services to the area? Will it attract fair wage and long-term jobs? Will it create more retail and business opportunities? Will it add green space for the community to use? Is it going to be an opportunity to train local young people or other underemployed folks in the trades and help them get job experience in construction? Will it increase or decrease transit demand? How will it affect transit, traffic, parking in the area? In short, I believe that good sustainable development meets 
immediate needs, but it also is about investing in future generations to thrive in our ward. That has to be the criteria on which all of these decisions are made. Hamilton has a rental housing affordability problem. Ward 3 has seen a significant and marked decrease in affordability during the past decade. How will you address housing affordability in Ward 3 and across Hamilton? I'd love to see the city look at other best practices used by other cities. Like There is an example from Waterloo, I believe, where they provide a loan grant program for homeowners to create new rental units at a fixed affordable rent rate. So it's a municipal fund that grants homeowners to do this. And part of why this solution works is because the people who own the property still live in the house. So it's in their vested interest to maintain a home that's dignified and safe for other people to live in. And but they're also getting the support they need on a financial end to do the renovations that that would require. And this kind of fund and this kind of rigorous program would also help cut down on illegal suites and people who are in total infraction of bylaw and creating illegal three and triplexes versus duplexes. So I'd love to see something like that. I'd also love to see the city impose and create a rigorous community benefits program, which basically says that every new development has to have affordable units, a certain percentage of affordable units set aside inside of each new development. What are two changes you will propose to improve city services? For me, and this is probably because I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to municipal service delivery, but integrated service delivery. And what I mean by that is that the city really needs to move away from a silo approach of dealing with service delivery and instead move to one where it encourages all the departments and divisions in our city to not just communicate with each other, but actually internally collaborate so that we're reducing redundancies of costs when it comes to service delivery, but more importantly, that we're addressing the root cause of what residents need. So there's wonderful examples in cities across Canada, and I think that we have a lot to learn in Hamilton to make sure that our residents are able to navigate City Hall for the solutions and actions they need rather than constantly feeling challenged by it. The other service delivery improvement I'd love to see is a road redesign and planning process. Our city is failing when it comes to signage and road design. And I'd love to see our city actually complete our streets so that it's safe for people to cycle, walk, and cross. And that would require a citywide plan that uses best practices and not a patchwork system of small, scattered, band-aid solutions. What are two changes you will propose to improve quality of life in Hamilton? I'd like to look at the industrial corridor in the north end in our city with a serious eye on how we can add more public and green space. I'd like to look at the city creating an industrial campus that supports small light manufacturing and entrepreneurial startups while also providing opportunity for collaboration with the arts and food businesses and community organizations that are aching for more space and more accessible space to run their programs. And from the perspective of being a mom, I love the Children's Museum in Gage Park. It does a great job of play-based learning, but I'd also love to see that museum expanded and supported, both in terms of a physical facility improvement, but also in terms of scope, so that we can integrate history, nature, science, and technology, so that it becomes a modern, engaging children's museum that attracts visitors from around the region and the province. And so what I mean by that is actually running with ideas that our residents have that would bring innovation to already existing city services and city facilities and bring them to a place that 
not only give pride for all of us as residents to use those services, but also creates a standard of expectation for our children when they're in those facilities so that they feel proud of the city, but also have the same opportunity afforded to them to not just launch out of Hamilton to do what they want to do in life, but actually seriously consider staying here and continue to contribute to the fabric of our society. Hamilton City Council decided against ranked balloting. Ranked balloting enables voters to choose by prioritizing candidates, such as the top three, they feel qualified for public office and best able to represent them. What is your position on ranked ballots? I support ranked balloting. In fact, I had the opportunity to see it in action when I was the vice president of the Mustard Seed Co-op. We used it for the AGM election and used ranked balloting. And I got to see firsthand how particularly effective it is to giving those who are voting the opportunity to express their preferences in a more nuanced way. Other cities around the world are using it, and I think it could actually help reduce negative campaigning. How will you improve civic governance and engagement during the next four years? I'd like to advocate for the city to bring an equity lens to the budget. We've heard it over and over again from all of the advisory committees, and it's time that we take action. To me, that improves civic governance when we are making financial decisions that meet the needs of our people. From an engagement perspective, I'd like to see residents be able to give more input and community programming and services in our centers. As a counselor, if I'm elected, I'd be committed to sharing information in a way that ensures that our residents are informed about the city's procedures and decisions. In fact, I've been researching different online platforms to learn how to most effectively ensure residents are able to connect and learn. But I'm also aware that online and social media isn't enough and it leads a lot of residents out of the loop. So I'd like to implement a response protocol in my office to ensure that every phone call and email is logged and that a response is given in an acceptable time. I'd also like to host open community input sessions in Ward 3 for residents and stakeholders from around the neighborhood to be able to give input on a consistent basis, not just during campaign time, but act as a community advisory table to help inform local decisions and priorities that need action at the city table. I'd also like to create a periodic newsletter that we could email out or could be available online, but also look at the cost of doing mail out so that people don't have to keep searching for the information, but instead have the information come straight to their door, as well as taking an opportunity to submit updates to our excellent community newspapers across the ward. How will the City of Hamilton's strategic plan guide your decision-making in hiring a new city manager, and what qualities do you seek in the new city manager? We need a city manager who can clearly demonstrate not just good planning judgment, but also have a deep understanding of how planning affects every aspect of the quality of life of our residents. I'd like to see somebody with a proven track record of bringing principles and values into action. Somebody with experience leading system-wide changes, not only in service delivery, but can actually tackle the entrenched ways of doing things that becomes part of the culture of our organizations and instead inspire and support city staff to be champions of change. Politics is the art of allocating limited resources and compromising to find solutions. How will you do so? That was the core to my job as the manager of community development in Toronto. I have a proven track record of managing complex relationships like these. In fact, I think I, I seek them out, and the result is often making good things happen. I'd be really fully, thoroughly committed to working with other counselors residents, staff, businesses, and other stakeholders in order to keep an eye on what really matters. It's 2022. The public record is writing a review of the four-year council term 
that is just ending. What three words do you hope we will use to describe your term on council? And what three words do you hope will describe council as a whole? I would hope that for my term, the three words that would describe that four years are responsive, visionary, and a doer. For city council, principled, progressive, and innovative. Thank you. That's the end of the prepared questions you were sent in advance. Do you have any closing remarks you wish to share? Yes. I really want Ward 3 residents to know that my door is always open, that I'll be responsive and thorough when they need something, and that as a matter of principle, I'll always seek community input on the bigger decisions we face. I'm campaigning on respect, engagement, and empowerment, and those are not just campaign values. Those would be values I would lead from council with. Thank you for joining us today. I want to thank the Hamilton Public Library Central Branch for the use of their sound studio where we recorded this podcast. This has been episode 86 of the Public Records, the 155 podcast. The Public Record is Hamilton's local, independent, reader-funded news outlet. This podcast is made possible by members of the Public Records Press Club. Visit thepublicrecord.ca to learn more and listen to all episodes of the 155 podcast. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed. The Public Record is a member of the National News Media Council, a voluntary self-regulatory organization that deals with journalistic practices and ethical behavior. To learn more about the Media Council, visit the Media Council at mediacouncil.ca. Thank you for listening. See you at the polls on October 22nd.